Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining in and appreciate everyone who's listening, following, and sharing it with your uh, ministry friends. My heart is for other pastors and, and other ministers. And what can I share with you that would, would help you get ahead further? If there's anything I've learned or mistakes that I've made, that's the whole goal. Hey, today we are talking about, uh, here's our challenge question. Is it everyone or everyone? All right, if you're watching on video, you can see this sign. If you can't, there's two words on a piece of paper. The first word is everyone, and the second word is every one. And what happens so often is I found myself trying to reach everyone, and I ended up not reaching anybody well. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Everyone or every. One. And so I want to give you a, a breakdown of, of, of how we've processed through this as a church and as a staff, and specifically with our, with our, our pastoral staff, our leaders, our, our board, elders, our team leads, our shift leads on Sundays, uh, down to the person who is, is ministering to our kids, rocking a baby in a chair. And, and so this is our goal. Um, without thinking, most of us would say, well, well, We've been called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're here to reach everyone and everyone in, as in one word. Let me give you some, some downfalls to that. When we attempt to reach everyone, we become territorial and jealous. Let me explain. Um, if everyone in my city is a, is a future potential member, tither, giver, uh, part of my church family, then I'm going to get jealous and frustrated when I see other churches grow, other churches succeed, and and they grew because they took my people. And I see pastors becoming so territorial in their city. When I'm trying to reach every one, those ones, then I'm trying to reach those people that God has called me to, those people that my church is is aiming and targeting for. And so we become hurt, we become offended and wounded when not everyone likes us or likes our church. I'm smart enough to know that not everyone is going to like Rock Family Church, but there are some ones, some individual ones that like it and they come back and they share their friends. When we attempt to reach everyone, it it leads to frustration because what happens is we end up being a Denny's restaurant and we serve a lot of things mediocre, but we don't specialize in anything. And so the key is to figure out who you are and who has God made us as a church and and what is our lane, what is our piece of the pie for the city? Because I believe in the big C church for my city and my community that the the guy down the street, the guy on the other other side of town is just as important, just as valuable uh, to the kingdom of God and to the mission and the vision of reaching our city. So I know he or she is called to reach theirs and I'm called to reach to reach mine. And so we have to choose a people group that we're focusing towards. We have a we have a motto around here that we say that Rock Family Church family is more than just our middle name. That's the center of our bullseye. And so I want Rock Family Church to be the Outback Steakhouse versus a Denny's. 
We're going to focus on family, and we're not going to be ashamed, shy, or uh, uh, reserved about who we are. So when I meet a a 24-year-old single, it's their first Sunday, and oh, it's so cool to be here. When when do the singles meet? When's the college service? And I look at them and I say, you know what? You are highly valued here, and we love you and respect you, and we we do have quite a few uh, young singles around our church, but we really don't have anything designed for that. Because in our DNA and culture of our church, we'd rather do a few things well than try and do a lot of things mediocre. When we try to minister to everyone, we end up missing a lot of individual people. And and people can tell. People can tell when they're just a number in a mass crowd. And, and they can feel uh, when they're not being loved and valued. And uh, they can feel when that uniqueness is not there. And so we strive to minister to every one. Pause in between. There's a gap there. That one little space will change the way you do ministry. When we try to minister to everyone, we're focused on keeping everyone happy and not making anyone mad. And it creates this crazy cycle of ministry that that we end up building a ministry that is directed by circumstances and whiners and not a vision. We find the vision of who we are and what God has called us to do in the community and the people group that he's called us to reach, and then we don't apologize for, uh, for anything other than that. This is who we are, and this is what we're about. So my vision for my staff members, every team member, every leader, every teacher, every team lead, every person who is serving in some kind or type of capacity, something we say uh, on every pre-service, pre-game locker room talk is this, reach one person today, minister to one person today. Our heart is to reach every one. And so in our church, that means on any given Sunday, I'm going to have over 200 leaders and volunteers filtering throughout the church, and and they might be leading worship, playing an instrument, passing an offering bucket. That's their general job. That's their job of, of ministering to everyone in the family that is there. But it comes down to who did you minister today? Who did you pray for? Who did you encourage? Who did you lift up? And who did you make a difference in their life? We see this model displayed through the life of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, we, we see that uh, shortly right after Jesus is, is, is mourning the, the loss of his cousin, John. John has died. Jesus pulls away to kind of re recollect himself and have some alone time and and to go on the kind of have that mountain time with his father and the people find out where he's at and it says this in Matthew 14 when he saw the large crowds he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick well see he just didn't see a crowd of people because when you see a crowd of people you don't see faces you don't see uh, hurts and pains but Jesus saw beyond the crowd to the individual person. One of my favorite stories is when Jesus is pressing through the crowd. Everyone's wanting to see Jesus, touch Jesus, know who Jesus is. And, and I'm picturing Jesus like, like a, uh, uh, a person moving through, a, a, a famous person moving through a crowd in a swamp of people. And the security's there trying to push a way through. And all of a sudden, Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? His disciples almost mocked him and said, Master, what are you smoking? What are you talking about? Who touched you? A thousand people have touched you. 
And in the middle of the crowd, Jesus stopped and said, somebody touched me. In the middle of thousands of people, he reached out and he ministered to the woman with the issue of blood. There was a unique encounter. There was a specific need there. He's walking along crowds of people and he says, uh, talks to the guy up in the tree who wanted to see him. The crowds were so so uh, thick that he couldn't see him. So he climbed the tree so he could see this guy named Jesus. Jesus said, I know there's a bunch of you here, but Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go eat lunch with you today. I want to have a one-on-one encounter with you. And that's the life that, that Jesus has challenged us to minister by. Remember what he said? When, when you're counting the sheep, they're coming in at night, they're coming into the, to the, to the pen, and, and you're at 98, 99. Wait, I'm missing one. I have 100. And you recount, and you're 97, 98, 99, and you're missing one. He said, go and find that one. Leave the 99 and go find that one person. So what does that what does that look like to minister to everyone? Well, my heart as a pastor is is to find that one person every service and make a difference in their life. I want every usher, greeter, children's volunteer, worship team member to look for one person to impact them in one way, shape or form. And I have found that the most effective avenue of ministry is is a heart transfer one heart to another i can stand and and i can minister to hundreds on a sunday morning and i'm preaching from there but some people will hear it some people will receive it some people aren't paying attention some people are checking the football scores am i am i reach, really reaching everyone no i'm i'm putting the information out and those who grab onto it receive it but when I go to someone individually, and 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 maybe throughout the week I'm I'm praying, going through our member list and praying for individuals and families, and I that week make a note and I go up to John on on Sunday morning and I say, Hey John, Thursday I was praying and going through the members list and man, God just had me stop on your name and I've I just want you to know that that since then God just really had me interceding and praying for you and and I just want you to know I don't know what you're going through. But God does, and he's challenged me to intercede and to pray on your behalf. And I might ask him, what's happening? How can I pray more specifically? But think of how it ministers to that one, that I'm not just a number in the crowd, but the pastor listened to the Holy Spirit, heard my name, and is praying specifically for me. It's the simple thing of... uh, uh, there's a gentleman in our church that's that's been out of work for the last, uh, I don't know, two, three months, and he's been looking for that new contract and that new thing, and it's, it's, it's going up to him and saying, hey, how goes the job search? I've been praying for you. And he says, well, you know what? I've got an interview tomorrow. And it's taking that moment in the chaos and the busyness of the lobby and saying, dude, can we pray right now? I want to pray that that interview goes well. I want to pray that God's favor is upon you and that God gives you the words to say, and that if it's not this job, God's providing this job or one even better. Uh, I remember uh, a, a new family had just been coming to the church for a couple couple weeks, and uh, they had a beautiful little four-year-old uh, daughter with them. And, and so I'm introducing myself and and watch, here's how you give value to one is you give value to their kids. And so I'm asking about their daughter and, and I'm smiling at her and she just reaches out her hands, like hold me. And I, and I kind of look 
like, is that okay? And, and so I, I, I grabbed her and the parents are blown away. They go, she doesn't ever do that. She doesn't reach out to that. So I just held her, give her attention, give the parents kudos about what a beautiful daughter she is and, and, and how old is she and, and just, just giving them a little bit of time and attention, probably 180 seconds. And I hand their daughter back. That family left going, ah, I was, I was, I was impacted. I was touched today. God, uh, man, I like this church. And it wasn't the worship. It wasn't the preaching. It was, and it wasn't that I was necessarily the pastor. It was that someone gave them focus and someone gave them attention. Um, it's a, it's an usher that maybe notices someone worshiping passionately. And after service, that usher going up to that person and saying, I just want you to know something. I admire your passion for God and I admire the way you worship God. You make me want to serve Jesus better. That person is going to leave, pumps them up, makes them feel better. And so it's, it's living and walking and making a difference in people's lives. It's the power, what I call the power of one. What can we, what could one prayer do in one person's life? Or maybe it's that one word of encouragement. Maybe it's, it happens in our parking lot team that uh, maybe they're just directing traffic, but they see a single mom kind of juggling the kids and trying to get the stroller out of the, the back of the car. And they run over and they say, here, I'll get the stroller. I'll get it set up. And, and they help that mother get inside. Well, she was just touched in a personal way. Uh, one of our older single women here in the church, she made this statement. She said, I just love coming to this church because it's the only time I get a hug all week long. How powerful that what happens if she didn't get that hug? What happens if we weren't a huggable kind of church? And we said, we're going to, you know, and, and, and yes, but how powerful that think about it. A single person, they, they might have a pet, but they're living by themselves. And, and, and this woman's husband had died. And, and she says, I, I'm just so thankful. I come and I get a hug here every week. That one act of kindness, that one action of love can make a difference. So let me, let me challenge you with this. To minister to everyone, it's going to take a, a shift, an intentional mental shift in how we do ministry. And let me, let me show you how it would go. We just have this phrase around here in all of our, our pre-service meetings, reach one today. After service, who did you minister? Who is the one you minister to? Because we're called to reach every one. And so here's what happens. To reach one, to minister to one, our goal is to make a difference in one person's life today. How can we do that? How can we make a difference in that one life at a time? And so we say this, we want to reach our city one life at a time. We're not trying to reach everyone in our city. We're trying to reach individual ones, and we know that God will bless that and will expand. Uh, when we minister to everyone, we learn and use their name. There's a, there's a difference of when you, uh, remember the, the theme song to, to the old uh, uh, sitcom Cheers, and the songs is where everyone knows your name. People want to go to a place where everyone knows your name. And so there's that point of contact that if, if they're not just going to be everyone, but we're going to minister to everyone, we're going to be diligent to learn and know and use 
people's names. Uh, next, we, we minister with a precision and focus. It will transform the way we, we see our congregation. And so my, one of my children's pastors might teach a lesson from the front of the room, but their goal is to reach one child, minister to that one child. And it might be that, that it's them going up and putting their arm around them and, and, and giving them the kudos. You did so well in service today. I so appreciate the way you sat and you listened. And, and I can tell that you're really hungry for Jesus. It's giving them compliments. It's telling them that you believe in them. It's, it's, it's pulling them over and saying, can I pray for you? If each one of us would think back to our elementary, high school, junior high, uh, high school, college career, I'm sure all of you, if I said, name your favorite teacher, there's going to be one, two, maybe three in, in you know, 19 years, uh, uh, 18 years uh, of, of school, 17, well, how many ever you went with your extra degrees, I can tell you, you can think back and you would go, Mr. Mr. Jackson had him in seventh grade. And man, I don't know what it was. I can tell you what it was. He didn't see you as just one of the couple hundred students in your school. He impacted your life in a very unique and special way. To minister to one, our goal is to give the personal touch to all who attend. How can we do that? How can we give them that personal touch? What does that look like? To minister to one, it forces us to build relationships because to reach one, you have to know one. And I think sometimes for us as pastors and leaders, it's easy to say, well, I'm called to reach everyone and to minister to everyone here in the crowd. But no, it's when you, when you minister to them in an individual kind of way and you see them as a person and not just part of the crowd. And, and it'll take away those plastic greetings. We're so glad you're here. It'll, it'll make it a more personal experience for those who attend. To reach one, we become more aware of the Holy Spirit's leading. And we see a greater flow of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about your church background and, and, and church experience with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but, but, uh, in my church history, going back to the, uh, 90s and so forth, we saw the, that if the gifts of the Spirit were going to be in operation, that we saw the, the man of God, the woman of God prophesy from the stage, have a word from God from the, from the stage. But I believe the number one place for the gifts of the Spirit to operate is in a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Um, and ministering and giving that word of encouragement that we sense something in our heart that maybe somebody's had a rough week and, and the Spirit of God reveals that to us and we're able to minister to where that person is at. And so it builds a sensitivity within us. When we're saying, kind of got that radar dish going up, doop, doop. Doop, and we're asking, Lord, who do you want me to minister to today? Who needs a word from you? Who needs some encouragement? We're tuning into the Spirit of God, and we're being keenly aware and sensitive as we see people walk in. We don't see crowds anymore. We see individuals. And we're looking, and the Spirit of God will direct us towards someone. That's the one that you're to encourage today. That's the one you're to minister and it might be walking up and just putting our arm around them and saying, hey, how's your week been? How are things going? And they go, oh, man, it's probably been one of the worst weeks of my life. Ding, 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 ding. Now you're set up to minister. Now you're set up to reach one and make a difference in their life. 
um, to reach one. Uh, and when we reach one, I have found that it increases our giving. I can generally stand up and say, hey, everybody give, help us support the vision of the church. But for the last couple of Sundays, I've been standing up and saying, we have 160 underprivileged kids that unless we intervene, they won't have shoes without holes. They'll be wearing clothes that are too small or too big. They'll be wearing clothes that are, are tired out, and they don't have a winter coat as the winter season arises. And so I just simply throw out, will you help us make a difference in the life of one child? And it's pretty cool. This week, uh, we're, we're going to eight different schools and we're delivering these bags of brand new clothes and shoes and socks and underwear and coats and t-shirts and jeans. And we're delivering to these, to these kids and we're saying, you are valuable. You are special. You have a future and we want to invest in you because we believe in you. And how did, how did it happen? Because our people caught the vision. I could help. I could help reach one kid. I could help change one person's life. The other thing it'll do is, is when you get this mindset of reaching one, it will change the way you preach and it'll change your sermons. Rick Warren said this many years ago. He said, stop asking what, stop asking the Lord what to preach and ask, who am I preaching to? And you'll know what to preach. Who is in my crowd? Who am I preaching to? Who, what are the, what are the needs and the issues and the challenges that I know that are going on in their lives? And, and then I ask the Holy Spirit to minister to them. It's become comical in the, in the lobby because I've got multiple families and couples and different individuals will come up and, and, and it'll happen almost on a weekly basis. And they'll come up and they'll shake my hand and they're, they're laughing, but they're almost like, could, could you have done this? Because they're like, Pastor, did you have our house bugged this week? Were you listening in on our conversation last night? Do you, the things you said today were exactly what we were discussing, exactly what we were having a, a debate or a, or a disagreement over. How do you do that? Well, I just said, you know what? I have a prescribed sermon I'm ministering, and I know that, that the Holy Spirit has helped me prepare it. But here's what happens. I preach that same sermon three times a Sunday, and it never comes out exactly the same. Why? Because the crowd is constantly different. And it'll come out different. It'll highlight different points and different parts as I listen to the Spirit of God, because my goal is not just to communicate God's Word. My goal is to make God's Word come alive in individual people's lives and in individual hearts. And then to reach one, here's what happens. It builds a culture that overflows into everyday life. Out of 52 Sundays, if we're drilling and all of our volunteers and children's workers and, and, and youth staff and, and youth leaders and, and everyone who serves, here's what happens. When we're saying reach one, win one, reach one, minister to one, guess what happens? It starts impacting Mondays and Tuesdays. It start impacting on Saturdays when they're talking to their neighbor. They're starting to be more keenly aware to the needs and the issues and the people that are around them. And so the end result is for you, whether you have a church of a hundred or you have a church of a thousand, if you tell and teach and build within your leadership core, let's take the church of a hundred. It's you and your family, a couple anchor people, some key volunteers, and you pull 15 people together 
and you say, here is our goal. Here is our mission. We want, we want everyone in the room to reach one. We want to reach every one that comes to church today. Out of a church of attendance of 100, you 15 have ministered to 15 others in a very personal way. And here's what I have found. The church will begin to grow. Because we don't have to pursue the crowds. We don't have to pursue building that relationship uh, with, with the community. When people come, we touch them and we minister to them. And they go into the highways and the byways and they bring their people. They will tell you that in the business uh, process, the number one way to, to uh, grow your business is by individual friends sharing with friends. Has the highest yield, the highest return. Over all other forms of advertising, the number one way to advertise is to have people give their personal recommendation to others. And I think too often as pastors, we pursue crowds instead of pursuing every one. And I have found when we pursue every one, we'll end up having the crowds because they're feeling valued. They're feeling like I'm more than a number. They're feeling respected. And you won't be able to keep people away because I'm being touched and ministered and, and blessed. At the end of our service, we invite people uh, as our service is dismissing, we say, hey, our prayer team is coming to the front. And if you have a specific need, issue, or situation that you would like prayer for, they're available. Once again, we're creating an experience for people to be ministered to on an individual basis. Well, guys, I hope that helps out. I want to encourage you to, uh, if you've missed some of our previous podcasts, go back, watch, listen to those, some great information. If you have any questions about ministry and, and, and church and so forth, I'd love to answer those emails and potentially make that a topic on one of our future podcasts. Um, and uh, I've got some cool, cool ideas. I'm not even going to tell you. I was going to tell you what I was going to share, but I'm not going to tell you what's coming up next month. It's going to be some good stuff. A lot of you have really enjoyed the church and chicken that we've done uh, the last two months. I encourage you to go back and uh, dive into how, what can we learn from the Chick-fil-A process of gaining customers and what is that mindset of customer service. So I encourage you to check that out. Hey, until next month, I hope your ministry is blessed. I hope your family is blessed. And thanks for all you do for reaching your city, your community, and following the call of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.